I V M. Hello, folks. Welcome to the Last Brand Standing, presented by Bank of Baroda. It's a podcast where we discuss some of the most iconic brand rivalries from the Indian marketplace. We are your two hosts, Anupam and Ambi, and this episode is also two. It's about two wheelers, because we are going to talk about two rival brands, Hero Honda and Bajaj Auto. Ambi, what can our listeners expect? Tell me. Well, Anupam, this is a battle which goes back to the early 80s and it continued for almost 10 years. So, this is going to be an exciting long ride on many mobikes and many scooters. So, it's going to be fun. Yeah, folks, that is Hero Honda. As it was called then, today it's called Hero Moto versus Bajaj Auto. Well, both companies are competitive even today, right? But this episode is the Marvel Comics universe, the MCU, the origin story of their battle. Yes. Scooters versus motorcycles, motorcycles versus scooters. Boy, oh boy, it doesn't get any bigger than this. One of the biggest consumer shifts in India. This was a time when people only had scooters. This is the origin story in a lot of ways of motorcycles and of Hero Honda. So let's get to it. The first part of this episode, we look at the overview. And for that, let us go back to the 70s. Oh boy. Right, so Bajaj Auto, peak form in the 70s. It started as, uh, it used to import two and three wheelers from Piaggio back in 1948 and 1972. Bajaj introduced its first scooter brand, the Chetak. Chetak, folks, was legendary back in the 70s. It was, the popularity was so high that it seems its resale value was greater than its purchase price. Can you believe that, you know, buying a scooter at 100 and selling it at 120, it was possible. Why? License Raj, yeah. I mean, India, India didn't allow manufacturers to enhance their production capacity whenever they wanted, which you can today. So demand for the scooter, for the Chetak, shot through the roof year after year. And at one point of time, the Chetak had something like a 10-year, 10-year waiting period. Okay, this was the Bajaj Auto of that era, led by Rahul Bajaj. Now, if you think that Rajiv Bajaj is outspoken, we want to talk about the outspokenness of Rahul Bajaj at that point of time. Okay, so Bajaj had a near, you know, it had a monopoly in two wheelers. Motorcycles didn't exist in a big form that way. If you're getting married, the dowry was a scooter. Maybe if you know, if 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 you watch movies of that era, you'll find you know families giving the Bajaj Chetak other families. You know, and that was the socialist era. It was considered as India's car on two wheels. So that was Bajaj Auto of the 70s and of the 80s. And of course, when India opened up, this is not the 91 reforms, by the way. In the 80s, India had some amount of reforms and foreign collaborations were allowed for two-wheelers. So a whole host of new companies came into the two-wheeler segment and most of them went straight into motorcycles. And along with them, they got new technology. So who are these players? All the big brands of Japan. So Suzuki came in with TVS. Kawasaki came in with Bajaj. Yamaha came with Escorts. And Honda came with the Hero Group and for the motorcycle and for scooters, it went with Kinetic at that point of time back in the 80s. Talking of Honda, well, time to introduce our second player, Hero Honda or Hero Moto, Moto Corp as it is called today. But back then, Hero Honda was, was established as a joint venture company and joint venture is equity stake. Remember, that's a difference between the relationship between Kawasaki and Bajaj and Hero and Honda in, in case of Hero Honda. Both partners held an equal stake in Hero Honda. So there was Honda Motors of Japan and the Hero Group, which is led by the Munjal family in Delhi. 
the Mujan family and Honda Motors of Japan had a long, long fruitful partnership. Started in 83 and ended only in 2010. Honda today in India, of course, is a totally different two-wheelers company. We'll probably get onto that later in the show. Now, this, this joint venture between the Hero Group and Honda Motors, which was called Hero Honda, was so successful that in 1987, Hero produced its 100,000th motorcycles. And guys... One lakh motorcycles in 1987 is a big deal for someone who just started off in 83. Motorcycles, guys, are becoming really mainstream. Okay, really mainstream. For those of you who remember that era, Subhash Gai had a movie called Hero, which had, of course, the famous, the very legendary, the very macho man, Jackie Shroff, on the famous Yamaha Rajdoot 350, RD350 as it was called. So obviously, Bajaj was feeling the heat. Come on, you know, you have a monopoly in scooters and slowly, 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 you're seeing motorcycles come in. It had Kawasaki as a partner. So it, it was not like they didn't have a presence in motorcycles. It had the KB100 in which they launched in uh, 1996. They launched the Sunny in 1990. In 1991, they launched a 4S Champion, uh, 97, the box. So they threw a lot of motorcycles at Hero Honda. Nothing really stuck. The four-stroke technology that Hero Honda had was huge. Okay, it was a game changer. You're talking of, you know, motorcycle that gives you a superb average, runs so good that they had an ad campaign for that, which we will take you through. So by the turn of the century, okay, now we're talking about by the late, late 90s and early 2000s, motorcycles finally overtook scooters. It's a huge change, huge change in the two-wheeler industry. And Bajaj felt the heat. And at this point of time, Ambi, I'm going to give this to you. We have Bajaj goes from a monopoly to seeing its market share go away. You had Hero Honda. It started in, in 83. It does 1 lakh motorcycles in 87. It went to 1 million in 94, somewhere in the 90s. How did this happen? Bajaj goes from a waiting list, you know, to seeing Hero Honda take it on head-on. What was this battle like? It produced some massive ad campaigns. Take us through this entire thing. Thanks, Anupam. That was a great setup. So you started the journey from the from the seventies, and I remember uh, getting into IIT in nineteen seventy-two, and uh, my friend Girish had a had a Bajaj scooter. I think it was a reddish orange Bajaj uh, scooter. And you know, when we graduated in nineteen seventy-seven, he still had the same scooter. But that's fine. But what's more interesting was in those five years. The only thing he did with that bike was put gas and hawa. <laughs> That's it. There was, I mean, it was such a fantastic scooter that uh, in spite of the roughest of rough use, it just lasted five years. And all kinds of guys used to borrow the bike and go around, you know, but but it was, an, so scooter was, you know, and Bajaj was really a fantastic scooter. And they deserved, you know, the kind of idol worship they had. Like you said, child is born, you book a Bajaj scooter. <laughs> Because if it is a boy, you know, when he grows up, when he's 18 years old, he'll get a license, he can drive the scooter. Mm. If it's a girl, girl child, lo and behold, but then you book a scooter because, you know, when she gets married, that can be given away as dowry. Right? <laughs> so, scooter was something, you know, and, and, and those days, the 70s, there were a few other two-wheeler brands. There was, of course, Lambretta, which was mm-hmm. kind of there, but it, it vanished. Again, a decent scooter, again, an Italian brand. Then, of course, there were three uh, mobile players, right? There was Java, which became SD. There was Rajdoot. And there was, you know, Royal Enfield and, and Bullet. And like you said, they were all very small players compared to Bajaj. So they're expensive bikes, I'm guessing. These are big, bulky bikes. It's not something that the middle class 
at that point of time would see. Ambi, one more thing, you know, I just thought of this when you spoke about scooters. See, this is the India of the 70s and the 80s where there were so the quality of roads was not good. You didn't have longer roads to connect you from city to city like you have the expressway now. You can't even you just take your car and go. At that point of time, mobility was either public transport or the scooter. Am I right in that? Absolutely. So, and and you know, somehow the Indian middle class felt that scooter was a safer bike safe, to ride yeah. because the feeling was it was a low center of gravity, hmm. right? And and you know, uh, Bajaj did face competition, but much later, 1989, they faced competition from uh, from LML Vespa, you know, which came and fought fought them by saying that our scooter is better balanced, etc. But we'll not go there. Indian middle class loved scooters. Scooter was say, seen as a very safe, very reliable, very trustworthy uh, two-wheeler for the whole family. So the classical image of a father, mother, and two kids on a scooter is almost etched in everyone's mind. With you know one kid standing in the front holding the handle, father and the mother holding a smaller child on her lap. So this was this was the India of the 70s and the 80s. And like you said, the Indo. Japanese bikes entered in 1983, and mm. there was Kawasaki Bajaj, which was kind of a stepchild of uh, the Bajaj scooter company. Then there was uh, Yamaha with uh, Escort, the Escort, yeah, 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 yeah. Suzuki with with TVS. Yeah, with TVS, yeah. You know, I I had a long chat with uh, with the team which worked on this. So I spoke to Rahul Kansal, my friend who was running the advertising account out of Ulka, Delhi at that time. So in 1983-84, when the Hero Honda motorcycle was launched, the first burst of advertising they did was talking of all the benefits, saying Japanese technology, very reliable, and then four-stroke, and then fuel efficiency of 80 kilometers a liter. But then when they started observing the consumer, the consumer was buying Hero Honda for primarily one reason. And that one reason was fuel efficiency. So around 1985, they said, look, we can't say too many things. There are too many Japanese bikes out there. Let us go after one benefit. And they and then, you know, a lot of times, uh, especially when you're launching a new glitzy product, both clients and the agency get carried away. They start putting everything into the ad. So it has got great technology. It has got a great engine. It's got great stability. It's got great looks. And it delivers great fuel efficiency. Uh, but they fortunately... They said, no, let's focus on... So this decision was taken sometime in 1985. And 1986, they said, we will go after only fuel efficiency. And Vikram Oberoi was a copywriter in the agency and later he went on to become a film ad filmmaker, wrote the line, fill it, shut it, forget it. Wow. And, and you know, you can, you, can, you can search for the ad on, oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah, YouTube, yeah. you'll find it. And, you know, I was talking to Rahul, Kansal who worked on the account, he said, look, the ad was so simple. It's almost as if the ad was shot with a handicap. It was a very simple ad, a guy going on a ride. And then finally, you know, and it says, fill it. And he goes to the petrol pump, he drives past the petrol pump, fill it, shut it, forget it. And, and I remember this, you know, I was, I was that time, I, I, I always had a, a ESD. So I was that time a brand manager in, in Boots. Uh, and I was, you know, coming out of the office, getting ready to get onto my bike. And my colleague, Girish Rangan, had a Hero Honda CD100. Hmm. So, at that time, the campaign had just broken, I think. Uh, Philip tried to forget it. So, I asked him, yeah, uh, what kind of fuel efficiency do you get? He said, Ambi, I don't know. 
because <laughs> you know, I really don't know when I put petrol and when it gets over. It goes on and on and on. Wow. And so suddenly, India, which is a very very economy conscious, who used to count every penny. So Bajaj used scooter used to give thirty kilometers, thirty-five kilometers a liter. ESD used to give twenty, twenty or even less. Bullet used to get even less. Here was a bike which gave. 80 kilometers a liter. I mean, this was amazing. Mm. And what they did smartly was they kept hammering it with the line, pull it, shut it, forget it. And I'm told at that time the agency had a single point uh, person to get every clearance from. It was Raman Kant uh, Munjal. Munjal, of course. Uh, and he he unfortunately passed away. Passed too in soon. 19, yeah. 1991, and he was a guy who I think was taking the decision, saying, "Look, let's go after." Just fuel efficiency, and let's hammer this. And within two years, their sales took off, right? It took off, and and they kept increasing production. And they kept going, and and Hama and Bajaj was cornered. Bajaj uh, for a long time felt that look, motorcycle will not affect the scooter. Scooter consumer is different. Motorcycle consumer is different. All that started happening. So I want to just you know just stop you there, and you know I I made a reference to Rahul Bajaj of of that era. What was he like? Yeah, you know that the same very very brash, very you know, I mean, call it arrogant, call it confident, whatever it is. There's all kinds of statements that he used to make about I don't need a dispatch department or I. Oh, he said apparently that I I don't need a marketing department. I have a dispatch department or something of that sort. You know, when your product is selling that well, obviously you will you know you will have that. What was he like at that point of time? Yeah? I think you know he's a product of that era. Uh, in the product of that license era, that you need to protect Indian industrialists from foreign invasion, uh, and then you know how do you protect us? You need to keep licenses, etc. So he was that, you know, and and in fact, when the liberalisation happened in '91, he was one of the most vocal opponents. Yeah, of yeah, the Bombay and club. In, yeah, 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 the Bombay. And, and in forums, you know, ten years ago, you know, in a forum, he stood up and said that I was wrong. You know, I believed that, but I was wrong. I think liberal liberalisation helped our economy, helped our country. I was wrong to fight it then. So I think he takes very strong views, and he's got the guts to stand up and talk, right? So let's go. He was back. in yeah, denial, yeah, I mean, you know. The company, yeah. I think, was in denial, uh, yeah. and and then and then in 1989, they said, "Look, we need to bring pride back into scooters," and they did this absolutely fantastic campaign done by Lintas, which was the Hamara Bajaj campaign. Again, oh, yeah, uh, listeners yeah. can you know uh, search for it on on YouTube. You can find those wonderful ads. That was broken 1989. In fact. 1988 was the other big, you know. I have this theory that you know when you don't know what to say, you do this mera mera brand mahan kind of an ad. So <laughs> okay. all this kind of flows out of that you know mera Bharat mahan, uh, yeah. you know, which which was done by the government of India, which is the Bileswar mera tumara. Ah, oh you know. yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that is one whole school of thought. If you don't have anything to say, you know, take your product <laughs> and shoot it in different environment. And say that Mera brand Mahan, Mera brand Mahan, and hopefully was this the time of Tata Steel? We also make steel, or, or yeah, that comes around that time. Around that, you know, Tata Steel, I think slightly older, but slightly uh, older, yeah. yeah, I think I think Mera Mera brand Mahan tha. And yeah. 1989, they did that, and that got a lot of you know recognition. It got you know a huge campaign. Yeah, that whole thing about big campaign, big campaign, Bul- right? Yeah, Buland Tasveer, yeah, Buland Bharat, Buland Bharat, Buland Tasveer, Amara Bajaj, Amara Bajaj. So it was. Very memorable, great campaign. In fact, someone went and launched something with their brand, Amara Bajaj, and you know, uh, and Bajaj, you know, went they took them to court and said you can't use the term Amara Bajaj, and they tried building this owner's pride. You know, that was the time they were also being attacked by LML Vespa, 
So LML Vespa mm. was coming in on the top, pricing their scooters more expensive, and the bottom was being eroded by uh, Hero Honda CD100. Yeah. They were under tremendous pressure. And in fact, I didn't realize that the Hero Honda, will it shut it, forget it, was really the nail on the coffin because I was at a, at a Pan IIT forum about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, when R.L. Ravichandran, who was, oh, yeah. in, the, who was in Bajaj, Bajaj at that time, yeah. Yeah. he spoke about it. He said, look, the day we saw that campaign breaking, we realized the scooter's end is near. Because mm. the, suddenly, the motorcycle started becoming the middle-class man's vehicle. Till then, the motorcycle was the young bachelor's bike. And you know, Honda CD100 changed that. And with that, Philip tried to forget it. And the fuel efficiency story, they started appealing to the hardcore, uh, the belly of the, the scooter business, which is the family man. And, uh, uh, and I, I didn't realize, I later spoke to him and he said, yeah, I essentially believe that campaign uh, and they focused on fuel efficiency and that caused our decline. Okay, mm. And whatever we did, we couldn't bring those customers back. They were all leaving in large numbers. So I would say around one, you know, Honda CD100 came. They said a lot of things. They figured out the one thing which will work is fuel efficiency. And they did that fill it, shut it, forget it. And they kept hammering fill it, shut it, forget it. And then finally, the Citadel was broken. The middle class started abandoning scooters and started jumping onto a fuel efficient bike. Okay, yeah, and I mean, this is the first round of the battle, Anupam. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to wrap this first part on this thing, you know, that Bajaj also tried something, you know, an ad campaign with a caliber. It was called Huri Baba. I kind of have very vague memories of that somewhere, you know, because this is also the time when Hero just piled on, on the advertising. They did the Hero Honda World Cup. It was called the Hero Cup. This was 1993. And sponsoring a World Cup is just about as big a statement as you can you know, put out there of your success and of your brand. So, you, what was this Hudibaba campaign about? I mean, Balki has a memory that I read about in the, you know, on, on some site. What is that about? They did a lot, right? They did, uh, they did Caliber, they did it. But I think, I think they hit their stride with Pulsar. And I think we should talk about, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, at we, the next section, how they, you know, got will, that yeah, right, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, folks, that is, you know, that, that was part one of this business battle, which went to Hero Honda, of course, because motorcycles were now, so somewhere around the, I think 2000, 2001 is when motorcycles finally overtook scooters, okay, in terms of unit sales. Uh, remember that in India, unit sales is, you know, it's a big thing. And even today, I think motorcycles probably outsell scooters. And there's a small, we'll cover this in the, in the next part about how when Bajaj left scooters, someone else actually took over that space and did pretty good on that. So we'll get on to all of that on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And welcome back to this episode. We are covering the two-wheeler battle between Hero Honda as it was known then, Hiromoto as it is known today, versus Bajaj Auto. This was motorcycles versus scooters. Round one went to Hero Honda, because by the 2000s, motorcycle had overtaken scooters. Bajaj saw its monopoly vanish. At one point of time, the Chetak used to sell, you know, used, used to have waiting list to now. They were on the back seat on the motorcycles. But Bajaj sort of fought back. And we are going to get into that right now. So in the post-2000 era, you know, once motorcycles had overtaken scooters, 
Bajaj gradually moved their focus, their energy, their attention to product innovation. They saw what the market required. They probably saw a small gap that was out there that they could dominate. Remember that Hero Honda had a fantastic, almost monopoly situation in the 100cc bikes, the basic bikes, the CD100, the Splendor. Splendor, I think, at that point of time, probably even now was the largest selling motorcycle in the world. So Hero Honda had these massive and strong brands that sold really well. But I thought maybe there is a chance to go somewhere else in the what's called the CC, you know, the capacity of a motorcycle. That's 100cc. They said, you know, let's check out the higher range. So they entered the premium bike segment with the Bajaj Pulsar. This is back in the 2000s. Okay, so it put in a 150cc Bajaj Pulsar, 180cc Bajaj Pulsar. They even got the Bajaj Eliminator, 175cc, 5-speed, a chopper as it is called. It was only so, you know, they really did well in that. In 2006, they actually stopped manufacturing the Bajaj Chetak. By that time, the Bajaj Chetak had sold a crore. That's 10 million units. So Bajaj figured that they will get into the upgradation thing. They changed the entire branding. And Ambi is going to walk you through this entire process. Ambi, the Bajaj of 2000s. Okay, I think by this point of time, probably Rajiv Bajaj had taken a bigger role. Both the brothers were there at that point of time, looking at different aspects uh, of Bajaj Auto. So let's go on with this phase of Bajaj Auto. Okay, I think, I think what happened uh, was, uh, I, I always wondered, you know, why did uh, Bajaj vacate the scooter market. And I'm told that they did try making a four-stroke scooter, four-stroke engine to, to drive the scooter to improve fuel efficiency. And I don't think they were successful at that. I'm told they even tried an auto start for a scooter. And that also did not succeed. Bajaj Kawasaki was a bit of a non-starter. It had very little traction. And so, suppose they were in a bit of a tough spot in the late uh, late 90s. and uh, uh, LML Vespa came, made some noise, and even they started diminishing. So the feeling was maybe, and, and Kinetic Honda was having a very limited scooter appeal. So I think it was very interesting, you know, uh, that Rajiv Bajaj took a call that we cannot ride these two horses together. We're going to fall. I don't know, you know, I, I, I always keep wondering if he was not the founder's son, would the board have approved this? That let's abandon scooters and let's focus all our energies on motorcycle. It's a, it's a bold call. Mm. It's a, you may today call it even foolhardy. So it's, it kind of reminds me of what Andy Grove did. You know, uh, you know, Intel, all of you listeners know that Andy Grove is a founder of Intel, a great company. You know, when they started uh, making, they were actually making memory chips in the beginning. And I'm told the story is that, you know, they knew that in memory chips, the margins were going down, down, down. And they had to Think of how to change the company dramatically. And they said, you know, and then there's an interesting story. I don't know how far it's true. Andy yeah. Grover, the entire board, said, okay, guys, we've all been fired. <laughs> you know, the company's doing badly. We've all been fired. So they all, eight of them, leave the room. And they say, okay, now we've been hired. Let's go back in. And they go back wow. in and they take a decision. We'll stop making memory chips. We will make microprocessors. And of course, that changed the fortunes of, of Intel, right? So in, a, in almost a similar, similar kind of a dramatic move, Daddy Bajaj said, we'll stop making scooters. We'll focus all our energy on, on, on motorcycles. And in the, in the early day, they tried fighting, you know, uh, CD100 with their own 100cc motorcycle. And somewhere, I think, 
uh, they focused and they said, look, we need, to, we need to segment this market differently. And they hit upon the idea that we should go after more exciting bike. And uh, it's just, you know, so uh, sorry for, for stopping you there. It's interesting, you know, because 1999 May was when Honda came in with the scooter. The Activa was actually launched around about that time. I think by 2001, it was already, you know, kind of kind of doing well. So I, I, I just thought maybe, you know, his call to exit scooters in 2006, he saw that it, it was not working, you know. Maybe at that point of time, you know, so I thought that maybe that also might have played into his decision because it took a long while for Honda also to revive the scooter segment because the Activa went on and became a pretty big hit. I think by 2008-2010, it was among the largest selling scooters uh, and that's a separate story on its own. But I'm just saying, maybe that could have been a decision. Let's get back to this entire story. You know, let's stay with that. You know, I think Honda Activa was launched in 19... 1999 is what... 99, right? It was launched in May 1999. But look at it. Kinetic Honda had been in the market from 1984. Yeah. Right? And so, probably, Bajaj felt, might have felt, that this button start scooter uh, may not, uh, you know, if Kinetic Honda had been struggling with this for five years or six years or eight years and they're not gone very far, is there really a future for for a button start scooter? And gearless, remember, the whole thing for the scooter, yeah. for, for Activa was the gearless thing. Because if you remember the old scooters, oh, good God. Exactly, doing that yeah. two up, two down, you know, first, second, yeah, third, yeah. fourth, and that's Yeah, so, so probably they felt that, you know, one, uh, maybe gearless scooters, India yeah, will yeah, never yeah, accept yeah. gearless scooters because gearless scooters automatically means less fuel efficiency. Lesser average, yeah. Kinetic yeah. Honda gives a lesser. So probably they felt that, look, you know, they took a call and I think, Right, right, wrong, we don't know, but... It's a different uh, thing, yeah. Uh, but, you know, they took a call that I think uh, in, uh, what, in the year 2000 or so. I, actually, actually, by what end, uh, 1990, I think they probably decided not to start, way, not, sure, not to sure, waste sure, any sure. more time developing okay. more scooters. And they put all okay. their money behind developing exciting bikes. And Bajaj Pulsar was a was a superstar success. with you know, And they also had new technology. They invested in this twin spark technology which revolutionized biking. DTSI, DTSI, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Twin Spark Technology. And they said, look, uh, not only India, now let's start exporting. And they started exporting their bikes to probably so many, I think 30 or 40 countries, they export their bikes. And, and interestingly, around that time, different things were happening in the two-wheeler market. There was Royal Enfield, which was struggling. They ended up selling themselves, selling the company to Aisher. And whom did Aisher hire to run Royal Enfield? I don't know, who was that? R.L. Ravichandran. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Come on, who knows two-wheelers better than him? And and R.L. Ravichandran said, we need to do one-up. So, he took the brand up in terms of imagery, improved the quality of uh, of the bullet, said, you know, it's really going to be sold on word of mouth. And if you remember, about 10 years ago, there was a one-year waiting list on a bullet, right? And he managed to create that old halo around, around bullet, created a whole new market, the 350cc. So there was the CD 100 and 100. There was Pulsar at 130, 150. And then there was Royal Enfield at uh, 350. And then Honda Activa comes as a gearless, you know, button start scooter. And they, yeah. they created a market which was actually there for kinetic Honda for taking. But, you know, they created a market for that. And I think, I think what happened probably was also they benefited because of the stop-go, stop-go traffic in cities, you know, changing gear is a problem. 
Uh, second, women started using scooters in big numbers and uh, Bajaj had gone away and then Kinetic Honda was actually originally was seen as a women's scooter. Kinetic Honda was nowhere to be seen. Activa came and Activa actually became phenomenal success. It became literally the uh, kind of a unisex two-wheeler for the family. So there could be a motorcycle which the father uses and then the wife and the daughter and the son use the, the Activa. So Activa, at one time, in fact, Activa became, uh, I think, the number one selling two-wheeler or something like that. Yes, you know, yes. Last five yeah, years. Yeah. What has happened is that we've had a real explosion in the type of two-wheelers our country has produced. And happy to say, while there is Suzuki, there is Yamaha, there is, you know, Piaggi, all of them have come. Indian manufacturers, whether it's TVS, Hero, Bajaj, have continued to create a very vibrant, you know, two-wheeler ecosystem in our country. And uh, Bajaj changed its game and went on to become a very successful two-wheeler company. high price products, very healthy margin. And I, I'm not sure what is their market cap. Maybe their market cap is even higher than that. Or yeah, you know, today, of course, it is. You remember anything on the branding campaign back and see, because I'll just take our listeners through how the motorcycle segment evolved. Okay, Ambi just made a point about the two-wheelers. On the motorcycle side, folks, there were three segments. Okay, what was called the commuter segment, which is basic 100cc bikes. And the CD100 just totally ruled that. Okay, they, you know, you, you just couldn't take on a splendor in that range. This was how the motorcycle segment started. And then, like Ampi said, you know, you then had slightly higher priced motorcycles. So, if I remember correctly, the CD100 and the Splendor would be around about 40, 42,000. This is back in the 2000s, by the way. Towards 50,000, then you would have what was called the executive segment, which would have maybe a 125cc. Okay, this came in, if I remember correctly, Yamaha actually managed to put in a bike pretty well out there, but it couldn't really succeed. You know, when you've got a Bajaj on one side and Hirond on the other, Yamaha tried, but they couldn't. But they created a nice segment out there, which was the best of both worlds. And then you had the luxury segment, which was just Pulsar. You know, you just had Pulsar out there. Hero Honda took a while to get its act together out there. But eventually they did. They launched a CBZ. Okay, and they kind of also had a good presence. So that was a nice... So remember that in each of these segments, the commuter, the executive, and the luxury, you had brands fighting against each other. Mostly Hero Honda, mostly Bajaj Auto. TVS also did very well with this model called the Victor, okay, back in the 2000s. But again, this was largely Hero Honda versus Bajaj Auto. And we're going to wrap up this segment on that note that Hero Honda really owned the motorcycle market out then. Bajaj fought its way back. They did seriously well on two segments. The first was the luxury segment where it established itself with a Pulsar. And you would say that even the 150cc Pulsar, I think the largest selling between the two, made a really good mark in terms of volumes. You would think that something that that expensive would not do really great on volumes. But remember, folks, this is the 2000s. India's road network had improved. India's aspirations had improved. The economy was doing well. People were looking for something which went one level above the basic motorcycle. And the Pulsar filled that gap really well. I mean, distinctly ahead, you know. Just, I want to wrap up this episode talking about Bajaj's entire journey. You have Hamara Bajaj in 1989. And almost 15-20 years later, distinctly ahead. What was this brand change like? How did Bajaj reinvent itself? I think it was a bold call to say that we will stop making scooters. And we will start making aspirational motorcycles. And I know, if you remember, I mean, the, the Bajaj journey has been a nice 
interesting curve, right? For a company which said that, look, we don't need, we don't believe in advertising. There'll be a waiting list always. And from there, they learned how to advertise. And I think Hamara Bajaj was an outstanding campaign, right? And then there is, no, 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 we will get out of scooters. Let's focus on motorcycles. And when they went into motorcycles, they knew that there was a giant sitting in, in the 100cc, what you call the economy segment, the commuter segment. And they said, look, we can't compete with these guys. They have the volume, they have the scale, they have the pricing, they have the advantage. So classical marketing, let's position our bike aspirationally. Let's give more to the consumer and therefore we'll make more margins. We started making more margin. They invested that in technology and they developed you know, better technology, the twin spark, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they managed to actually do very well, right? And, uh, and they, they actually got uh, commuters, you know, the, the executive segment to accept their bike. And uh, they managed to come out of this. You know, otherwise, can you imagine you stop making a product which was 90% of your sale and then you mm. actually succeed? It's, it's an outstanding example of uh, turning around and abandoning something which you are very good at doing latch on to a new horse and learn to ride that horse and ride it very well. In the middle, I think, they parted company with Kawasaki. There were court cases against, you know, their technology, Double Spin Park, etc. And also quietly, they started exporting their bikes. And I think their bikes are now exported to a large part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The big, yeah. The uh, Bajaj Motorcycles and the Export Fund is a big success story. And folks, so to... We're going to go through the lessons on the last part of this episode. We're going to get into all of that on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And welcome back to this episode. Hero Honda, as it was called then, versus Bajaj Auto Motorcycles versus Scooters. We've covered the ground so far that Bajaj Auto went from a monopoly in scooters to cowing its own niche in motorcycles. Entire journey, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Hero Honda, of course, just became a huge powerhouse in motorcycles in 2010. It parted ways with Honda Motorcycles of Japan. And today you've got Honda on its own HMSI, as it's called, with the Activa and a few other motorcycle brands. You've got Hero Motor Corp, as it is known today. Again, a very large motorcycle company. You've got Bajaj Auto, which does two-wheelers. You know, it's uh, it's got motorcycles. It's got three-wheelers, as it had then. It's made a very good name for itself in exports also. In this final part of this episode, we are going to talk about lessons. Ambi, let's start with this. From a branding and advertising perspective, okay, what makes two-wheelers so unique? Okay, it's a consumer category, but it's not like your detergents and your washing powders and your biscuits. It's a very cool category. Globally also, you know, motorcycles and scooters have this strange appeal. Brand image is very important to two-wheelers. So let's start from here. Why or how is brand image so important for two-wheelers? And from a manufacturer's perspective, how important is it for it to stand apart? Because we know that ad campaigns were really important for Hero Honda, for Bajaj Auto. Tell us from a branding and advertising perspective, what are the lessons out there? I think, uh, the you know, we keep, uh, whenever we do uh, advice to clients is that, you know, you need to stay focused on what you want you to do. And I think the success of uh, Hero Honda CD100, it really points towards the fact that Instead of making five or six different claims, they focused on one claim, which was, you know, fuel efficiency. And they brought it alive uh, with a very evocative uh, campaign on fill it, shut it, forget it. And the campaign, like I said, is a very simple, the, the television ad or the print ad, very, very simple stuff. But it said it so well that it really appealed to the consumer and started creating a major movement from, you know, 
from scooters to motorcycles. I know, like lesson number one, you know, write your strong positioning statement and stick to that. You know, the, 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 compared to an FMCG product, motorcycles or any durables are a little more involved. So consumer may, may come and try a Dior, might try a soap, but a motorcycle, you need to offer benefits. You need to offer significant rational benefits. And uh, Hero Honda managed to do that with CD 100 because they offered significant rational benefit, which was 80 kilometers per liter. And later, when, when Bajaj came back, they also tried their 100cc, etc. But finally, they succeeded really dramatically with Pulsar because they were offering a much superior engine and much superior performance. And then they created this whole category of a you know, more powerful 150cc kind of a bike. And, you know, TVS is somewhere in the middle got lost, but, you know, they also came back and they started developing more and more exciting bikes. And as a result today, if I were to say one regret is that, you know, none of our Indian manufacturers could capture the, the gearless scooter phenomenon. They, they missed that on out and they allowed, uh, you know, Honda free ride with, uh, with Activa, uh, which is today a huge, huge, huge bestseller. So yeah. all, you know, if you look back 30 years ago, Hero is still there doing very well. Bajaj is still there doing very well. TBS do still there doing very well. Aisher, Royal Enfield still there doing well. Four basically Indian companies have continued to do well. Continued to yes, there are foreign, there is foreign competition, right? There is Honda, mm-hmm. there is Suzuki, there is Yamaha, there is Piaggio, there is Harley Davidson, there is BMW, there is Triumph, and I can go on and on. But yeah. in spite of which, I think the motorcycle segment is a great example of Indian companies succeeding on a global scale. I was reading something recently saying, look, you know, if we can succeed in a manufacturing industry, and and we did it the classical way, right? Produce good products, sell them very well to the domestic consumers, perfect, improve your product, which is what Bajaj did, perfect, improve your product, and then take the same product abroad and you will be able to sell it. So Bajaj did that very well. And now I think Royal Enfield, uh, you know, is going to do that. Uh, They're going to be exporting it around the world. And uh, last I heard was a couple of years ago, Royal Enfield or Aisha's market cap overtook that of Harley Davidson. Mm. Uh, that's, that's amazing, right? So I think, I think it's a combination to succeed. You have to marry uh, product development, innovation, technology with smart marketing. And in the case of CD100, Hero uh, Honda did that very well. They combined a four-stroke engine, 80 kmpl with a very powerful line, pillet shredder. Forget it. In the case of Pulsar, Bajaj managed to do that very well. An exciting engine, exciting drive. And Pulsar's campaign was always very edgy, very yeah. appealing to the, to the younger, younger, younger mobile, uh, mobile guy. A TV has somewhere has kind of done a little bit of everything. They had that uh, Scooty, which is a pretty big seller. They've got a mobile. They were present in Scooty. They were present in mobile. I, I just realized, you know, the Activa came up in 99 and all the way become such a massive seller. What, zero marketing? I don't remember a single ad campaign for Honda Activa. How, what, what happened? You know, they came in at the time when Kinetic Honda was exiting. So Kinetic Honda, in a sense, had seeded the market for a gearless scooter. Sure. And, and Kinetic Honda had a lot of product quality issues. And I think Honda was not giving them technology or something like that. And you know, in India... 
Honda has a huge halo of fuel efficiency. And that got further strengthened by their car brand, which is Honda Civic. Right? Honda Civic offers... Honda City, Honda Civic, Honda and Honda Accord. Honda City, all, offers, all three, Honda City yeah, yeah. offers some absurd fuel efficiency. Yeah. Right? I, I remember the first version of Honda City was offering something like 18 or 19 kilometers, you know, something like that, which was mm. amazing because of, you know, so there is a big halo that Honda has engine technology and that engine technology gives fuel efficiency. So I think when Honda came in with Honda Activa, they had a whole lot of a nice halo around them. And they sure. came with that scooter and it was a very good scooter and they kind of changed the market and they created or recreated the scooter market once again uh, because I used to wonder, you know, why is anyone, why are people buying a scooter? But the point is, in today's stop-go, stop-go traffic in cities, a gearless scooter is a big advantage. And Honda managed to capture that. And I think, I think exciting things are going to happen because I think uh, already I'm told e-rickshaw sales in India are higher than uh, oh, yeah, yeah. petrol rickshaws or diesel rickshaws. And I think yeah. a similar thing may happen in scooters. And I'm exciting, hoping that, you know, Indian manufacturers take the lead on creating e-scooters. And sure. then India can have a dominant presence in e-scooters around the world. So, uh, we've learned a lot of lessons working with, with very demanding, very tough Indian customers. Customers, yeah. Because uh, 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 they, 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 you need to get the pricing right, you need to get the efficiency right, and most importantly, you get need you probably need to get the after-sales service. Like maybe for two-wheelers, they're not such a high-maintenance product, but it just helps to have maintenance also out there. Ambi, last couple of questions on, on this episode. So first is, you know, any lessons here on fighting a competitor like Hero Honda? You know, back then, you tried everything. You know, you threw motorcycle brands at them. You you exited scooters. What really ticked? And how do you, you know, as someone who's listening in, into the show and wants to enter into a big category that's dominated by a big player, what would your advice be to this guy? You know, how do you take on the number one guy out there? As Bajaj successfully did. I, th- I think they finally, you know, managed to segment the market differently. You know, if TD100 is dominating the 100cc, you're not going to compete with him on 100cc mm. and try and say, look, I cannot match his fuel efficiency, but I'll give you a better ride. No, you're not going to. So they managed to segment the market differently, create their own sub-segment, which is 130, 150cc, and offer a great bike there. And you know... That Hero will not, I mean, Hero Honda cannot come there because of various reasons. They are so focused on 100cc. And you went and did that. So, if you're taking on a monolithic, huge competition, don't go for their belly. You're not going to succeed. You've got to start eating at, at, at the edges. And that is what Bajaj learned to do. You know, that they started chopping and churning at the edges, which is what, you know, Royal Enfield did, right? Royal Enfield went after the top end. So you segment the market differently and you position the brand differently and you offer a different set of benefits and you probably have a have a chance of success. Great. Last question. So, you know, two-wheelers is such a category that it is, you know, so much is dependent on styling and appeal and aesthetics and looks and all that. But that actually managed to probably divert the attention towards technology. You know, so I'm just saying, we live in an era where technology is great. A lot of the apps today are backed by some great technology. But at, at the center of it is a customer experience. You know, what they call UX or whatever it is. So how does one manage this, you know, what I would call gentle balance between saying, listen, we are great in tech, 
guess what? We also make a very good looking product. So from a branding and advertising perspective, how do you manage both these aspects to create a campaign and actually sell your product? Well, you know, you need to, you know, there is what is called point of parity and point of difference. So if you're selling a two-wheeler today, it has to be without problem. It has to have good styling. It cannot look ugly. You know, it can, you cannot have like the good old days, the electroplating will rust within a year or two. You can't do that. You can't do that. Today, you can't do that. The consumer is smart. While you have point of parity, you need to decide what is your point of difference. CD100 point of difference was fuel efficiency. Pulsar point of difference is technology and ride experience. For the ride experience, that coming from better technology. Royal Enfield's point of difference was a really, you know, heavy, manly kind of a ride because of 350cc. But, you know, Royal Enfield also had to get its act fixed because it was a Poor product, very poor quality, and they had to fix the quality because you cannot you cannot afford to sell a poor quality product because the market is so competitive, right? The, the word of mouth is extremely important. And so you need to decide what is your point of parity, what is your point of difference, and then go after that, which is what, you know, Honda did with CD100, which is what very successfully Bajaj did with Pulsar. So understand your consumers, segment the market differently, give them a benefit, which they can latch on to, but make sure your satisfactory level of performance across all the parameters for selecting a product. So your service cannot be lousy, your electroplating cannot be lousy, your engine cannot be faulty. Some really valuable lessons there from a battle between, I think both were giants actually. So Hero Honda already had Hero, uh, Honda with them when they started off in the 80s. So it's, you can't call it a David versus Goliath. So Ambi, thank you so much for this, for sharing your knowledge yeah, and your thank insights you, yeah. on this episode. Thank you, thank you Anupam. That was a very enjoyable session. Thank you very much. That's a wrap on this episode of The Last Brand Standing presented by Bank of Baroda. This is us, Anupam and Ambi, signing off for the last time on this show. Thanks everyone for joining us. And if you like this podcast, you can check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. Also, you can follow me, Arubam Gupta, B50 on Twitter. And me, Ambi Parmeshwaran, Ambi MGP on Twitter.